Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Hey, Scott, did you know that today's episode is actually brought to you by... The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation? Really? Tell me more. It's actually an ebook. It can be found on our website at jobseekersradio.com. That's amazing. In today's episode, we're talking about maintaining momentum in your career. This is something that we talk about in networking because a lot of times people get into jobs. Now, this has been true of myself. We get into jobs and then we think, okay, you know, I, I got the job I wanted. There's lots for me to learn here. I, I have so much to do. I'm busy. And we don't network anymore. And so all those connections just sort of die on the vine. And what I've had to find out the hard way is often in our careers, the only way to truly maintain momentum is to keep that networking going. Not all of the connections that I make for my future are going to be made in the company I'm working for right now. So if I want a career that's going to expand and grow and whether that's moving up the food chain or that I'm, I'm broadening the scope of what I'm doing, it's a lot easier to keep that momentum going if I don't stop networking. We advocate that you take a perpetually looking mindset, perpetually having your eyes open, looking around, always looking for the next opportunity. Not that you have to take it, not that you have to find the perfect situation, although seeking it is the fun. The way to keep that as fun is to stop judging what you're coming up in front of. You know, whatever is happening, the different opportunities that present themselves, if we're thinking, oh, well, that one doesn't look good enough or that one doesn't fit well enough, we're actually limiting ourselves to the possibilities. Instead, if we stop judging and we really look at what could bring us some enjoyment, we're far more likely to find that enjoyment. Loyalty is something that many companies talk about and many job seekers or employees look for. Does it really exist? It does. In my point of view, it does. But you have to be realistic about how that actually happens because the company will be loyal to you until they don't need you anymore or can't afford you anymore. And for, and I'm using air quotes, business reasons, they let you go or they reorganize and lay people off, whatever that might look like in the specifics. Loyalty is great as long as it makes sense. And too often, I talk to people who feel they have shown their loyalty to their company and it hasn't been returned. And I would venture to say, and I haven't yet talked to any business owner or um, executive who would disagree with me that you are, you should be loyal to yourself first. The company may or may not be able to show loyalty the way they talk about it. And rather than spending your energy judging that, be loyal to yourself first. You are the only person responsible to cover your needs. What does that look like? Loyalty to myself. I look at it in terms of active participation, meaning I'm actively going to participate in my career, my satisfaction, what I love about my job, and see what I can do to do more of that than I am to say, oh, that's somebody else's responsibility. No, I, I completely agree. There's also the idea that the kind of loyalty that I give my company should be reciprocated. And without judging that concept, I would ask that person the coaching question, is that true? Tell me about that. Why do you think that way? What, is, what does that look like? What are you expecting from that? Because whether you are delighted 
or disappointed by something is really defined as the gap between what you expected and what was delivered. So if that kind of loyalty ends up being a certain expectation where you get disappointed, it's because you had an expectation that wasn't delivered. What was your expectation? Is it realistic? Is it even appropriate? Because if your expectation is that they will be loyal to you in a very dispassionate way and they end up being more loyal to you as some companies that we saw during the Great Recession where they did everything they could to avoid laying off people, but that meant they had to forego other things. If that's the kind of loyalty that that you have experienced and yet your expectation was less personalized, then you would be delighted by that company. It's always the gap between what you expect and what's delivered. So are your expectations accurate? There's plenty of research out there and studies on job place satisfaction and how when your expectations are not met, that you actually have higher anxiety, more stress. It impacts you medically speaking. In fact, one of the people that um, I, I work closely with had a stroke on a Monday morning at the office. And so if you think about it, what would have caused that? Well, strokes have many different symptoms. And the only reason I bring that up is because, what do they say? Most suicides happen on Monday mornings. Most heart attacks happen on Monday mornings. The, the it, list goes the on. The list is extensive and pretty exhaustive. That means if I'm not an active participant in my future and I feel the company is going to provide me loyalty, it's going to impact me physically. Yeah, it's going to set you up for something you really don't want to deal with. I, I, I completely agree. As a result, I think if we are able to keep our eyes and ears open at all times for any opportunity that comes up, and I'm not saying any opportunity for a job, I'm talking about the opportunities to talk to someone you to talk about something you really are passionate about, opportunities that may advance your skill set in a new direction that's still job related, but, but is going to give you a, a different set of experiences and therefore the knowledge that comes with them. Being open to those can really offset the negatives that we're suggesting here. Um, having that realistic idea of loyalty, I think, is important to start. Opportunities come in many different forms opportunities may be presented to you. I'm the type of person that I'm not ever going to not listen. I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to keep my eyes open and listen to opportunity. Whether or not I go depends on the opportunity. However, I've seen people do this, Scott, where they're like, okay, I'm happy in my role. I'm doing really well. I'm not actively managing my career, but I'm, I'm satisfied. Right. And so I don't want to put the effort into keeping a momentum. I don't need it. And then an opportunity comes along and they say, no, I'm not interested. That's fine. Okay. You bring up a point. I just had a conversation with a colleague recently who was telling me her experience in her current job. She had been working for a competitor and very successfully with that competitor for some time. And she had worked with this guy who ended up being the chief retail officer for her current company, uh, who contacted her at that time saying, hey, I've got an opportunity. I'd like you to come work for me. And I, I won't go into the details of why that surprised her, but just suffice it to say he was at a much higher level. And so it surprised her that she would even be on his radar, right? She turned him down because she perceived her current situation as being everything she wanted. Later on, he contacted her again, and again, she said no. What was really interesting 
was that then she had found with a, a, some change in the hierarchy where she used to be, she found herself in a very different situation. Something went south. I, I, I don't remember the specifics, but she did not have a positive experience. And 15 minutes after getting off the phone with someone about the, the negative experience, she got a call from this guy again. So this time she was open to the possibilities. And what we talked about was the fact that had she been open to it in the first place, she probably would have moved faster and further in her career had she at least had the conversation in the beginning rather than waiting for the first try. Now, it's my observation that people don't normally get three chances. She I'm did. shocked. Yeah, she did. Normally you get one chance. And she did it, and she is now a VP for her company. Had she not said no the first time, when could she have been the VP? I mean, it's it's anybody's guess, yeah. but but it, it was just a really interesting story that she got three chances and she took it up on the third one because her current situation had changed. I really value the advice of being open to at least have the conversations to see what you might be missing. Even if you think it's a company you don't want to work for. I've had a lot of those too, where people really? have identified a company, right? They sit there in this business or some industry and I'll work for anybody as long as it's not that one. Right. And then that one calls and right. they're like not interested. I would say, go talk to him anyway. You have nothing to lose but time and maybe a little gasoline if you have to drive. Yeah, and things change. They hire new people, new leadership, company goes a new direction. What you heard in the past may not be the current reality. Yeah. The other thing we encourage you to do is really evaluate your experience and trends in your industry. And that might require some analysis. Yeah. In evaluating yourself, you could take assessments. That means cataloging your experiences actively I encourage people to put their resume on some kind of a rotation in their calendar. Every three to six months, you should probably refresh it. That's a great, and, great and, idea. And then say, okay, what have I done the last three to six months that I should incorporate in my resume? Or even as you're going through it, start documenting a project you're working on. What was the pre? What was the action? What was the outcome? How do we measure success? Well, that also gives you the perspective of coming back to see what you might be able to pare down too. It may be that I put something on my resume that I felt very strongly about six months ago, but as I'm reading it now, I realize that from a bigger picture perspective, that really isn't that important. Space on a resume needs to be used very wisely. So I love the idea of coming back to it periodically and regularly. There's two Two things I recommend on resume side of things, even though I'm not an advocate per se of resume as, a, as still an effective an tool, thing. right? As an effective tool, but it is a great place to catalog things. And yes, you can have kind of like a core master resume that has everything on it, which I actually like. I think that's right. a good and idea. So that's great. Then yeah. I can so much easier to carve away exactly than to add back in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that's but do if you've got an exhaustive re resume, take out anything. If you're making an application, take out anything that doesn't apply to the job that you're doing right now. Because if you give a four page resume for anything other than executive position, it probably is not going to be read. But that's it's neither here nor there. Well, this also means staying in touch with what's happening in the industry. What are the trends? What are the job titles? What's where the are salary going? expectations? What, where are the salaries going? Which skills are required to be successful in the future? And kind of mapping that out so that you know, am I on the right path? Am I not on the right path? And which path do I really want to take? Especially if you're in a, a job type or an industry where trends are really talking about the future of the kind of work you're doing. If you're not moving in that same direction, that may become a liability for you. So whether or not that needs certification, or some other kind of short-term training, I would say be on top of that. 
Of course, as you go through and start cataloging some of these experiences, you identify these trends, you have some decisions to make on sure. what sort of experiences do I need to gain? Does my current company offer that? Or is there another role inside the company I should be looking at? Or should I look outside? Sure. And if I can't get that information or that train or that experience, I need to get some training from somewhere. Yes. And a lot of companies offer tuition reimbursement, whether that's at an accredited college or um, certification through local industry groups, whatever that might look, look like. A lot of companies actually offer that even beyond the scope of your specific job right now. So look into that as a benefit if you are employed, looking at the, the benefits that are available to you through your employer. That brings up the idea of staying engaged with some leaders in yeah. your industry or even in your career in a mentor capacity or even becoming a mentor to somebody else can be helpful because as you grow in your, your career, some of the things that might happen to you to maintain momentum is the leadership trajectory. It's not always that someone can go their entire career and grow with momentum as an individual contributor. Even if you're thinking of, of moving up within a company, remember that there are fewer top jobs than there are lower level jobs. And so those opportunities come fewer and further between. The idea of continuing on with a mentor means that you're always talking about ways that you can develop regardless of your position. And being a mentor puts you in that position of helping someone else so that they see you as the leader. And as those conversations continue throughout your career, you're helping to advance your career. I cannot say enough about staying active with your mentor. Even if that's just a quarterly email to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Just reestablishing the contact helps you remember the things that you talked about. Actively managing those relationships is actually an exercise in networking. And it's an opportunity for you to incubate those relationships over time to either decide that they're effective for you or not effective for you. Because as you go through in your career, you're probably going to have different people come into and out of your professional life. And I, I think about one of my mentors that I actually have not kept in touch with as much as I'd like to. And one of the ideas that you and I talked about before we started is the idea of brainstorming. And I was thinking as we started this recording about what kind of brainstorming I could do with my mentor, Dennis, and, and what that might look like. And actually, I'm, as soon as we're done, I'm going to send him off an email to say, hey, I was thinking about you because he would be the perfect person right now for me in my own career to brainstorm ideas on how I want to set up my future because he's further down the road than I am and I, I admire him greatly. The idea that I am of value to the people that I currently work for can be augmented by this brainstorming conversation that I can have with my mentor. By the same token, as I give of my my own time to others who ask me for my advice, that also brings me benefit from a different perspective. This is precisely why we even do Breakfast Club or even this podcast is to mentor people in yeah. that capacity to help them gain momentum or maintain momentum in their career search. 
And that's why we do what we do. It's a labor of love, really. I also really value your perspective on personal accountability. And we we talk about that in our breakfast club, but it really is how do we put that into practice? Because I will remind you what you tell me at breakfast club in terms of your networking commitment. When I remind you of that at our next meeting, that's not about me. That's about whether or not you're holding yourself accountable. Because what I think doesn't matter. It, it isn't about me on any level. But I want you to know that I pay attention. So you know that if you hold yourself accountable, that sense of accomplishment comes. It's just a reminder, really. And accountability, I like accountability because I like to know that somebody else is watching. That's all. I mean, I don't need somebody to twist my arms or put me in handcuffs. Sure. But I also think, well, yeah, let's not go there. I also think about going to the gym. If I go with a workout partner, I'm far more likely to show up. Then if I don't have a workout partner and it's just left to my own sense of of my own motivation, because there are mornings that I really don't want to go to the gym. So accountability is something that our mentors, our friends, our networking contacts can all help us with. And there is nothing wrong with saying, hold me accountable. Ask for it. Yes. Thank you, sir. May I have another exactly. kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we kind of danced around it a little bit here, but every every person that I know that has had good momentum in their career is always adding tools to their kit or, or yes. clubs to the golf bag or whatever you want to call it. They're always... They're working on something. Yeah. They're always learning new things or gaining new education. I have a colleague right now that she's getting certified in instructional design. And what's interesting is as part of our, our we have a weekly meeting in our our group that um, she's talking about the things that she's learning. And I'm realizing not only would I benefit from getting the same certification, but she's giving us the resources right now that she's receiving. Already, I can start working on things from a perspective that I didn't know or coming back to a reminder of some of the principles that I received training on years ago and have sort of forgotten. It is a really beneficial thing to get back into the learning mode. And uh, that's something we see top executives being quoted on is that they never stop learning. I think that's good advice for all of us. It's a key skill in today's marketplace, it sure truthfully, is. is having the versatility and the capacity to learn new things and execute on that learning. And what I took away from what you just said is the value of having a peer mentor. Someone that's in the same space as you, but maybe has done something a little differently that I can learn from and apply on my job today. Yeah. That's hugely beneficial. If you're lucky enough to work in an organization that, that promotes learning, take advantage of it. I sort of kicked myself. I've had opportunities to get education uh, with a company. And as it happens, I I was in a job that I wasn't really enjoying. I I loved the work, but not necessarily the people I was doing it for. So I didn't take advantage of that. And that just held me back. It didn't hold them back. Try to get the judgment out of it. I would say don't pursue things just on your own that don't interest you. I think that can lead to some self-defeating behaviors or thoughts as well. Follow the things that charge you up, that that keep you motivated, because that's one way you're going to keep your momentum. If you're in a job where they ask you to get certified or they give you an opportunity to do something that maybe you wouldn't have been interested in, don't 
judge that one either because it may be that that sparks a new interest that you hadn't considered and you never know where that's going to take you. It's always important to pause and just consider what they're offering you because in many of the organizations I've been with, it was training was just done because it was something that had to be done for the business. And, and that's fine. If you have a choice and you can take it or not take it, then you have an opportunity then to make an evaluation of what that right. is. It's something that I wish I would have proactively done in many of the organizations I had been with right. to say, okay, let me look at the menu if you've got one. Many companies don't have a menu of courses or training. And I'd like to go this direction. And how can I make that happen and be a little more proactive in the types of education that I pursue? And the other thing is we can start doing that at any time. So any of our listeners that are thinking, oh, well, you know, it's too late for me. No, it isn't. It's never too late to learn. You just have to be interested in doing it. And curiosity is is probably the thing that's going to keep your momentum more than any other uh, concept that you, you face. If you don't have th- that menu from your company, then there can be informal ways to learn. And and that's based on what interests you and the choices you make. It's up to you. There's hundreds of thousands of podcasts just like this one. Well, maybe... No, not that just, are, like just like ours. No, ours is pretty special. Yeah. Uh, but there's education available today for free in a podcast world. You can, you know, come in and and download things on leadership or finance or investing or whatever. Or whatever. There's always something to be learned from somebody else. You might even decide to have your own podcast. I also think about audiobooks. For those who prefer the listening mode of learning, if you can afford audiobooks, that's great. Read them or listen to them. If you can't, your library may have audiobooks that you can check out. That's really helpful for those of us who don't have a lot of extra time to read at home. We can still get that reading done by going to the library. What does that take? I'm, I'm going to say at the outside, maybe 30 minutes of your day. Go to the library, check out an audiobook, and by the time you have to turn that back in, you probably will have been able to finish it. Don't discount the various opportunities that are available to you. If you look at what schooling is, schooling is paying somebody else to tell you to read a book and to write a paper or take a test to validate whether or not what they told you to read in the book or what they said in a lecture is really what they said. And to validate that you've been paying attention when it comes to just reading a book. Um, I know someone who uh, was talking to a psychologist at one point, and he had been, was talking about how he had read all these self-help books and various things on psychology. And the, the psychologist that he was talking to suggested that he probably had read as much as he would have had he been pursuing a degree on it. Self-education is absolutely an option that we have. There are a number of workshops that are available to us, either paid or perhaps through your local chamber of commerce or or some other organization, maybe free of charge to members or to people in the communities. There are all sorts of ideas that perhaps you haven't known about because you haven't known to look. That brings up the idea of webinars. Actually, it's a trend. Workshops if they're an on-site thing or something that have to be scheduled and you know Absolutely, it's just not very yeah. convenient all the time, you have to go to this place. Webinars are becoming very ubiquitous today. You can get a lot of great training over the internet. And some of those webinars actually could lead to certifications. So if it's a paid webinar and they have a series, check it out whether or not that organization offers a certificate of completion for doing a series of webinars. You'd be surprised what's out there. There's a large category 
catalog also of online courses that you could take, whether those are paid or free. There's something like Coursera, I think it's called, where there's universities providing classes for Open free. source. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how much content is now available for you to take advantage of that doesn't cost anything. And don't forget to look at those organizations that you know charge for some of it. Sometimes they offer things for free. So don't pass those up. And see if your company has an agreement with an organization like LinkedIn and right. you get access to LinkedIn Learning or whatever. Right. Uh, I know we get access to LinkedIn Learning through the library for free. So there's a lot of ways, you know, there's so many resources yeah. available. Sometimes it just comes down to what topic do I really want to know about so that I don't get overwhelmed trying to learn too much at once. And as you're networking with people, they may know of some of these opportunities already. So be sure that that's part of your conversations. I think about the phrase that I heard years ago, I don't think about what I don't think about. Makes perfect sense. As I'm having these conversations, others can give me the idea. Maybe I'd forgotten that the library would, would have those opportunities. Whatever it is, keep talking to people. If you want to keep the momentum going, then networking is going to help uh, along with everything else that we've mentioned. I had another client, a friend of mine actually, who um, was looking to make a career transition mm -hmm. and he relied on somebody in the industry to tell him, you know, you should go get a certification in AWS. So he d went and did that and got the certification and now he's out doing the job search. Sometimes you're right. Go to the people who are in the industry you want to be in to determine what is current, relevant, and in demand now yeah. so that I can get that training now to be ready Indeed. to hit the ground running from the beginning. That's why we've actually created the anatomy of a networking conversation. So What's that? Well, it's actually an ebook that helps walk you through step by step, including companion audio for those of you who like to listen to us on this wonderful podcast. That's fantastic. Um, that walks you through the idea of how do I network? That's something that isn't really common for a lot of people to understand. And we break it down for you four steps. That's fantastic. Four easy steps. And it's a free resource. So if you go to jobseekersradio.com slash 069, you'll find the show notes and the uh, Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook. It's all right there, free to download. We encourage you to go there and leave some comments as well on this episode. Please there do. There should be a little comment box at the bottom if you have any questions. There's a contact us box there too. It's just a wonderful website. You should spend lots of time there. Lots of time. Well, thanks everybody for being here. We appreciate you investing your time and attention in Job Seekers Radio. Uh, head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, you can also give us a rate and review and give us your feedback there too. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. In the words of Sir Edmund Hillary, no one remembers who climbed Mount Everest the second time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>